0: this is 100% ska the almost all vinyl all ska pseudo radio show with your host dj ride midnight spinning the finest songs from across the genre so roll up the rug get ready to dance and let the beat pick up your feet Good evening and welcome to 100% Ska. I'm your host, DJ Ride Midnight, broadcasting as always from our secret location deep in the heart of Jersey City. You just heard opening up the show there, The End Times, uh, with their song Eye for an Eye coming off of their self-titled digital EP, which they just released uh, earlier uh, this year. Uh, the band End Times, comprising uh, of members of uh, Inspector 7 and the Rudy Crew, and also has a couple other guest uh, musicians uh, coming coast to coast. Uh, The band was formed uh, as a response essentially to uh, the COVID times. Uh, They have not yet performed live, I'm really hoping, uh, once we start to get back to normal here uh, in the Garden State area. Uh, we get to see them uh, play live. And speaking of the Garden State, uh, this episode is going to be very New Jersey-centric, uh, because and Jersey City specifically, uh, because we've got coming up later in the show a brand new uh, interview uh, with Jersey City's own Penniless Loafers. Uh, and to further celebrate Jersey City, uh, I am drinking uh, the uh, Departed Souls uh, beer, which is Jersey City's uh, brewery. And uh, the beer there is, uh, well, the beer I'm drinking tonight anyway, uh, is called None Shall Path, which is just a nice little funness to the path uh, system, which is the train system that connects uh, New Jersey to New York City. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. So I thought. Before we get to the interview, I've got to get you uh, nice and pumped up with uh, some New Jersey ska. And who better to represent and start off this first full set than our own Hub City Stompers? Uh, this is going to go out to New Brunswick and to the uh, Rutgers University. Uh, this is the song Trojan Knight, right here on 100% Ska. See a shiny gets
1: as big as a whale and it's full of about- some sorority girls, yeah, I count about 20 So come on, and don't bring any beer money
2: to trip like this So take one sip of my lyrics assist And gape in the grip of my musical fist As you shake with the shine of my earthquake That's where I make my home My home, my home And uh-uh. That's where I make my home Now my father's blessing flows like an eternal spring So I shall not want, for he gives everything From my gold dangle ring to my T-Mobile wing so I praise His name with my ukulele string, and I sing to the one true King. I'm paying no mind to what other people say. So true, I Kim jangle, never watch no face. For the race is not to the swift, if you catch my drift. And this music come forgive you. I live. Don't need no bourbon, neither no spliff. When you climb aboard my musical skiff and catch a whiff of my keyboard riff, as I would like to
3: mention,
2: <laughs> in a Virgin City fashion. We are just passing through, so don't you feel new and don't bother school. Cause so anything you do will come back to you, no matter who. I know this is true. Anyway,
1: Last week, my girlfriend she just up and disappeared. She took the washer, dryer, and my dog.
0: This is 100% Scott, and we are just coming back out of a New Jersey set there. Uh, That was finishing off the set, crying Out Loud, uh, who hailed from Hoboken, New Jersey, uh, the song there, The Distance. Before that, we had King Django with Anywhere I Roam. Uh, Django, of course, has had a very nice storied history with New Jersey, uh, starting out with The Boilers um, as his first band. Uh, which was based in New Jersey uh, before moving over to uh, New York for quite some time. And now he's back in New Jersey. Uh, he is all settled in at uh, in New Brunswick uh, with his version City Studio, uh, where he continues to record uh, under the King Django moniker and also plays with a host of other bands uh, around uh, the state. Uh, before, uh, before that, we had Bigger Thomas with Loose Threads and starting us all off their hub city stompers with trojan and knight and now uh without further ado i want to uh give you uh the interview that i took that i had uh with the penniless loafers uh, and uh let's listen to that right now and uh, we'll be back in just a moment uh to listen to some of their music
4: Hello, and today on 100% Scott, I am joined by the Penniless Loafers, uh, also out of Jersey City. Welcome to the show. I've got, I think, 33% of the Penniless Loafers with me at the moment, maybe more, 40%. Tim, Erica, Stephen, and Mark, welcome to the show.
5: Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Hi. Hi.
4: Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. You're welcome. Yeah, we've got Tim, Erica, Stephen, and Mark. And Tim, as one of the founding members of the band, I'd love to just hear a little bit of a, essentially, an elevator pitch of who the uh, Pennyless Loafers are.
5: Sure, absolutely, Ryan. So we started, I don't know, winter of 2009 or or so. A buddy of mine that I went to college with way back when, he had just finished grad school. He came back. We were like, hey, let's start a band. We never bothered in college for some reason. And we started up as a three-piece. We were doing you know, a little bit of ska, a little bit of punk, a little bit of rock, and eventually... We're having so much fun. We're like, hey, let's get some more members. Let's add some horns. Let's, you know, let's really embrace the ska thing because we we all, we all like ska in our own little way. And, you know, as more and more members started coming in over the years and, and that helped added to the, the unique sound that we, we forged over the years. And now, uh, what, like 11 years later, you know, here we are still doing it, still going strong. And I think, I think that's where we're at for me. What do you think, Mark?
6: So like, I guess like the way I see it is that, you know, like Tim said, we started in 2009. Uh, we both have a lot of music influences in our lives. We'd actually been in a previous band before this, some other um, high school friends. But then, you know, that ended, a few years went by, and then we started this. We found a, a friend from college who uh, played drums. We started a ska band with uh, punk influences. But we always wanted to go to more traditional route with, with horns. So, you know, we were seeking horn members and then we were able to find them. But, the, you know, so the horn members we found weren't necessarily into uh, the same faster, louder sky that we were in. So we we kind of shifted more towards a little bit more two-tone with uh, a lot of indie influences, real rock influences as well. That kind of suited, was more suited to all the influences that all the members that we eventually gained uh, brought to the group. And like Tim said, here we are, 2021, still going strong.
4: And you guys are still growing strong, I'm, and I and I love seeing you guys play, you know, when, whenever I can. I'm actually kind of curious, like,
5: where did the name Penniless loafers originate from? <laughs>
3: <laughs> all
4: right,
5: I can I can answer that. So we yeah we were, we were trying out all sorts of different names, you know, who knows where they came from, and you know we would try one out for a week, try out an, another one, you know, because getting getting like six or seven people to vote on something is ridiculous. So I remember sitting in my house watching Futurama, and I was only half paying attention, and I I heard a character say something on the tv i completely misheard it i was like did he just say penniless loafer oh that's brilliant and i rewound it and it absolutely wasn't what he said at all but it stuck and we're like hey listen you know we're kind of poor we're kind of lazy and you know it worked and it's a shoe pun.
4: it it does no i i really really like the name i think it i think it really kind of stands out and helps to give that that first you know impetus of who the band is and further to that you know one of the one of the big things that i think really stands out for me in what i would define as your, your current incarnation is that you do use three female vocal harmonies for a lot of the, the, the vocal tracks. You know, whenever you hear that, like I'm immediately thinking like dance hall crashers or, you know, in the best possible way, like this, the scope of like girl groups, like, like sixties girl groups. Was that just kind of like a natural evolution as you were kind of bringing in more and more of the band
5: members? I would say so. Yeah. You know, it's cause it started with me singing, which was, which was never a good idea. And we were looking for more members, uh, and And I met Casey. Uh, at the teachers convention actually in in Atlantic city, New Jersey, just at some random teacher event. And we were just talking about ska and she's like, Oh, I can sing. I live near you. And I was like, Oh, come out to practice. And we saw that that was a a pretty good improvement over my contributions to the vocal aspects of the band. Tim is being modest. He has a beautiful voice and sings like an angel. (laughs) I agree. Uh, Well, anyway, uh, thanks guys. And and yeah, so when, when, when she came in, that was a, you know, she started taking over more and then Lindsay came along through a, a Craigslist ad, you know, she came in, we thought she was going to play keyboards at first, but eventually she's like, oh, I also play guitar and thing, and here's a song I wrote. And then all of a sudden, we're like, whoa! (laughs) <laughs> that was amazing and so I immediately dropped the guitar I went back to the keyboard she became the new guitarist and her and Casey became singers and that's when we realized we were on to something and that
4: something you know is actually going to be finally culminating in what I would define as like a years long project for your brand new album which is Living the Plan B which is going to be released April 9th but you guys have been working on this album for several years now I think you guys started
5: recording this in 2016 is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah yep <laughs> <laughs> Sounds we about don't have right. We for no reason. Yeah, it, it, it's been a work in progress. You know, we booked the studio time that summer. We pretty much did all the bed track right then and there. But then with people's schedules, you know, funding the whole project, and even the the studio that we were, were working at uh, had to shut down on occasion um, due to various issues. So there were sometimes months in between any progress being made or any work getting done, you know, from either side. But, you know, it, it happens. We were having fun. We were playing shows, and then it, then it did sort of get, become long. One thing that got in the way was sometimes when we have member turnover, we focus on the live show and put the studio stuff off to the side so that new people can learn the songs.
4: And I actually do want to kind of follow up with, you know, so with music that is taken, like, you know, from the original recordings, and maybe, like, what that song was in 2016, have those songs that we're about to hear on the new album, like, have those evolved even further, you know, in terms of, like, what you're now playing in the 2019, 2021 versions of those songs, or have they remained, like, pretty consistent since the the formation of those songs, uh, the writing of those songs, you know, back to the time you
5: started to record? So this is uh, Steve. I'm actually new to the band. And uh, it's been a blast learning the songs. But, you know, I think everyone puts their own spin on it. You know, every musician has their own style. Uh, The drummer that I am uh, coming in after was a phenomenal musician. He had a real ska groove, you know, and I'm kind of trying to learn from him, but also play what comes natural to me. So, yeah, I think that in a band that has eight, nine, ten active members at a time and always switching over, everyone's going to put their own color on things. The live show may definitely differ from the the way the tracks were put down on tape.
4: And, Eric, I think you also actually came into the band after the the bed tracks were Recorded. Are you kind of feeling the same the same way that, that Stephen is coming in, learning learning these songs, kind of starting to put your own spin you know on the sax or your own vocals as well?
7: Yeah, I came into the band in a unique way. I'm I'm a trained classical musician, so I came from a world. When I joined the band, I came from a background where this is the music, this is what it's played, and you are to play it, and and that's it. When I first joined the band, I just learned, listened to those bed tracks, and memorized, and actually wrote down, I transcribed all of my parts out. No note by note so that I was playing exactly what I was supposed to do to fill in. And I also, when I joined the band, I hadn't played my saxophone since high school. It had been it had been a long time. So I just said, you know, let me learn these, let me come in, let me just play them and kind of get a feel for these parts while at the same time training myself to play again. And I've been in the band now for about two and a half years. And within the last six months to a year, I would say I've gotten comfortable enough with my playing. And I know the songs well enough that I am starting to improvise very comfortably just hey, let me let me try this note a half stuff up or let me try adding a harmony and playing my playing the sax part or just completely rewriting solos. So I improvise a lot more, I would say, in our practices, but I definitely would say that I that I am experimenting, and it, the songs are very true to the bed tracks. They're very true to what people are going to hear on the album if they hear us in a live show. You might hear slight differences. You know, I'm not going to put anything out in a live show that I don't feel 100%. You know, it's not that's not really the time to experiment, but we absolutely, any new members, we absolutely put our own creative touches and, and kind of our own personalities into the songs as well, while remaining true to the heart of the original song and what that, you know, to honor the way that it was originally written.
4: And now, Tim, outside of Scott, are there any specific influences that you are bringing into the sound to kind of evolve what penniless loafers
5: are? Yeah, I I push pretty hard. (laughs) i love the traditional sound love the two-tone stuff and when we first started out we just weren't good enough you know to do it you know we just wanted to have fun be loud i wasn't a guitarist i learned how to play guitar just so we could start the band and yeah as as we got better we realized we could do a lot more stuff you know as as more musicians came in who knew what they were doing then we could say hey listen this is the direction that we sound best in let's push it as far as we can this way and then other members influences would kind of tug it slightly in the middle somewhere else and we'd be like that's our sound that's it it's not traditional traditional ska or your standard two-tone but it is just this interesting morph you know rock music with you know, with the ska influences.
4: One of the tracks as, as I was listening to the album that kind of
5: really stood out for me in the, in the sense of just
4: how, I would say, like non-ska it is, but M.I.A. has this amazing surf rock, like 60s rock uh, sound to it that um, just, you know, really, really caught my ear. Again, is that kind of like those other influences kind of coming into the band and forming in a song?
5: Yeah, definitely. You know, usually we've had about, you know, two or three main songwriters and then we would also do A lot of just room collaboration as well. Uh, And MIA was one where, you know, the idea came in from our singer-guitarist, Lindsay, and her usual MO was, hey guys, here's an idea I had. And then she would just kind of, she would just play it, and then everybody else would just jump in and sort of craft it right then and there. For the most part, it it was either Lindsay or myself. For a lot of those early ones, we would just come in, you know, with a basic idea, or here's the the basic structure. Horn players, you know, write your part. Singers, write your melody. But this is more or less the structure. Let's stick to it, and then let's develop it as it starts coming together. Mark,
6: that's generally it's That's uh, Tim would come with, the, or Lindsay would come with, like a bass structure, or even like like a verse part and a, cor- and a chorus part. And then we kind of like work on it and tweak it during practices, like our writing sessions. And then you know we maybe tweak it to fit some words, or you know tweak horn parts or guitar parts to fit you know the lyrics or the, the horn part and we kind of just like, you know, work it like we're working with, a, with dough or something and just kind of like knead it into, you know, the finished product. And then even with a finished product over the years, we like have, have changed a few times. Or maybe another member has joined the band and it's like, you know, not in their vocal range. Or another a horn has joined the band and it would sound better if we adjust these parts to fit the, the
4: different horn.
6: So, you know, like everything is not ever like fully set in stone, but, you know, we usually have it set uh, a way that we play it for a while.
4: Now that your your band has kind of evolved to have three women, have you found, I want to say, like almost like a calling or, or responsibility in being a, a women led uh, band?
7: I definitely feel that the band and all of its members and our chemistry is that in such a way that the women can certainly thrive and, and be creative. I feel very supported. From the moment I joined the band, I felt as a female that I was respected and supported and encouraged. You know, Erica, what do you think? Or, you know, and any idea that I've ever had in terms of adding, hey, what if we sang this year? Or what if I tried playing this on my alto instead of this? anything um, has been always 100% uh, encouraged and pushed. And yeah, that'd be cool. Just it's a, it's our, our band is a very, uh, I would say in terms of the creativity it's a space that's very fluid and we're always looking for anyone really males as well we're always looking for ideas and who who has an idea here and who would like to think of this but but specifically as a female i do feel incredibly fortunate to be a singer in this band because we do have a lot of fun the women just singing and putting on a little bit of a show if you will and dancing as we sing and having the guys there to, to play along with us and support us so thank you for that question
4: With the 2020 shutdown, has that you know offered you opportunities to uh, start working on brand new music, or are you even recording anything new uh, over the past year? Yeah,
5: we've we've absolutely taken advantage of it. We were even able to get into the studio and pretty much have the third album all tracked out at this point in terms of the rhythm stuff. And uh, at this point too, Erica has started doing a lot of songwriting as well. So with some of these new songs, you know, we're going to see her featured on quite a number of them.
6: During the quarantine, we were also able to put out a music video of one of our songs. So we used the time for that too. We, know like a lot of bands out there we just uh, kind of shot footage on our own and we actually just you know sent it all to Tim he compiled it edited it and we we got a music video out there so we definitely have kept busy
4: (laughs) during our our extra time yes and that that video for the song Milo which has all this great footage of uh, all the band members various pets which are super cute so we will definitely be linking to that video in the description of the podcast episode in addition to being able to to create a video has the shutdown giving you guys any opportunity to like try out or experiment with like any new hobbies that are not essentially music related? I tried like cooking, baking, learning to you know knit
7: anything along those lines. Yeah, all of those things. I've been working from home for an entire year, actually. So all of those things. I became a sourdough baker for a couple months. I know Casey in the band. I saw her Instagram post where she started feeding her sourdough. And then I was like, oh, I could do that. So that went on for a while. <laughs> and then I started a rooftop urban garden, you know, just looking for stuff to do that didn't involve leaving the house, basically, essentially. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, knew how- I-, I went camping this summer, which I haven't ever done as an adult. And I had to learn how to, you know, cook on a campfire, cook on you know, cast iron and ended up getting pretty bad poison ivy all over from that experience. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, the answer is yes. It's really doesn't. Been... <laughs> I know for myself, I have developed a lot of pandemic hobbies. <laughs>
6: I guess for me, uh, I've actually uh, gotten into uh, landscaping a bit since I'm living in more of a mm-hmm. suburban area, not actually living in the city at the moment. And I guess I've gotten just decluttering. You know, I've collected many things over the years, and you know, it's time for me to part
5: ways. with. I tried to learn Spanish right. for about a week. And then I give up on that. I don't know if that counts as a hobby. It's an attempt. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it was an attempt. Yeah, I wasn't I can barely speak English, so I I just stuck with the language I learned. That's why you play drums? Yes, and I've been learning to play all of the Pennyless Locus songs, so that's my new hobby. Nice always important to know your own songs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's a lot of them.
4: Now, uh, Living the Plan B is going to be coming out in April. You've got this coming out as, of course, digital. You're also doing a CD. As a vinyl junkie, I have to ask, any thoughts of doing a vinyl release at some point, Uh, whether it's the full album or even just a a 45 single?
5: Well, right now, uh, the plan is probably for this upcoming album, or the, the new, new one, Uh, We're probably going to start looking into vinyl as well for the one coming out uh, this April we're just going to give it the the CD and digital for for the time being. And you know, I guess if it does well, you know, we can put the funds together, it might be a cool thing to do. I look forward
4: to either having that or the next newest album in my in my vinyl collection at at some point. So, I want to thank everybody for taking the time to call in to be part of this interview. I'm really excited for you guys to have this album out. I'm excited to see you play again keeping the Jersey City ska scene Uh, strong and fingers crossed, maybe even even hosting you somewhere along the line. So again, thank you very much for calling in and just the the best with this album. Thank you.
0: Thanks. Thank you so much. And I do hope that you enjoyed that. Um, if you aren't familiar with the Pennyless Loafers, uh, now you are. And now, of course, I've got to play a song for you uh, to get you even more familiar uh, with the band. Uh, we're going to be playing uh, their single, uh, Milo, uh, which is the lead track um, from their uh, the album uh, Living the Plan B, which is going to be available on Bandcamp starting uh, on April 9th. So if you're listening to this, uh, it's probably out there. Uh, I'm going to have the link direct to their account uh, on the description of the of the uh, podcast, but uh, you can also just go right on over there and search Penniless Loafers. So let's listen to Milo right here on 100% Scott. They also have, as I mentioned uh, in the video, or I'm sorry, in the uh, interview, uh, they also have a video um, for that song. Uh, It is super cute, and I will also have a link to that in the description. And now we go from all the way from New Jersey all the way over to spain for our next set here uh, this is going to be a i want to put a spotlight um, on this great uh, little label uh, el paso records uh, they've been doing some really great stuff with over the last couple years um, namely with their series um, called western reggae um, you may have uh, if you listened a couple episodes back i did an entire show uh, based on uh, like Western influenced uh, ska and reggae, and so uh, I actually ordered a bunch of this stuff from the from the label. Um, it didn't come in time for uh, that show, um, so I wanted to give the uh, the uh, label its due diligence uh, here. Um, specifically, the the Western reggae uh, series um, is basically a bunch of bands that have taken uh, themes from like mostly of spaghetti westerns uh, and given them, them you know, the the ska reggae um you know uh influence and uh what i'm going to do, be listening to first here uh is the most recent single um from that series uh this is uh the le grand mircoles uh the song is el hombre de la melodica right here on 100 percent ska spotlight on El Paso Records uh, out of uh, Spain there. Uh, finishing off the set was Scatox with uh, Western Song, uh, although an original composition uh, you could hear that coming out of pretty much any uh, Western uh, you know, movie, you know, Italian or uh, American. Uh, before that we had the Upshitters with, uh, say, Sabata, uh, the theme for the movie. Sabata. Uh, prior to that, friends of the show The West Kensington's, that was their rendition of the main theme from the original Django. And uh, starting off the set there, that was uh, Le Grand uh the song El Hombre de la Melodica, um, which is uh, from uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, and with that, we have basically come to the end of the show. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed that interview. Uh, definitely check out all the links uh, in the description of the uh, show. Um, it'll send you off to uh, all the great new music that you can uh, pick up, including the uh, penniless loafers there. And um Also, uh, next week, I should uh, start to promote this. Um, I'll be doing a uh, live DJ stream next Saturday, uh, April 17th from 9 to 11 p.m. uh, Eastern Time. And I'll have a link for that uh, in the uh, podcast description uh, as well. You can also find the event uh, on Facebook. Uh, If you are new to the show, uh, of course, you can always check out older episodes uh, on DJRyanMidnight.com or wherever finer podcasts are available to stream. Uh, So to finish off the show here, uh, we've got the second single coming out from uh, Half Past Two. Uh, This is right now a digital single ahead of their full-length album uh, that they have prepped coming out uh, later this year. Uh, The name of the song is Mean Green, right here on 100% Scott. Thanks as always for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Take it easy. (laughs)